What's up guys, how are you doing and welcome back to episode number three of Football Follow-Up, your weekly football podcast. And first of all, I need to start with an apology. Uh, last week I did not record an episode, uh, partly because I went back home for the week. But um, now we're back on it this week, no more excuses. Um, so yeah, apologies for last week. So I won't cover the week's football that was just gone, but I'll just cover the Premier League action this week. And I also want to talk about the England squad as we go into the uh, international break. So without further ado, um, this week we're going to start with Sunderland of all teams. Uh, finally won a Premier League game after 11 games in the season. And they did it the hard way. They won 2-1 against Bournemouth at the weekend and they ended up winning with 10 men, end of the game with 10 men. And after the worst start to a season ever by a Premier League side, they have finally won a game. Puts them on five points at the bottom of the table still. But, you know, they've done it and they, they got a win. And for teams that do struggle at the bottom end of the table, a win at the beginning of the season or finally getting the first win of the season is massive. And, you know, it gives you a chance to potentially push on in the season. I don't think that will be the case for Sunderland. I think they've done the miraculous staying up one too many times over the Premier League years. But it's a start, isn't it? And it gives them a chance of fighting at the bottom of the table. And I mean, they are in a relegation battle after all. And they were only 11 games in, but that's it now. They're going to be there for the rest of the season. And winning against Bournemouth, who battered them second half, they absolutely battered them. Even when, and, and when Sunderland went down to 10 men especially, Bournemouth were all over them. And to come away with a 2-1 win, definitely a smash and grab without a doubt. They did take the lead for a Nietzscheby. And then well, after they went down to 10 men, they won a penalty when Bournemouth were searching for another goal and Defoe put it in against his former club. It's a massive win and it's what they need to try and fight and stay up this season in the Premier League. They also got to thank their goalkeeper uh, Pickford at the end. Wonder save to keep the uh, keep the score at 2-1 and to preserve the win. And for Sunderland, it's, it's huge. And David Moyes, he was under a lot of pressure going... 10 games without a Premier League win, any manager in any league, that's screaming sacked in a few games' time. But he's got the win now. They've gone into the international break, gives them a chance to get it all together again and they can go back out next time and hopefully put in the performance they need to um, keep up the season. Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen, but they need to keep the players like Defoe fit. And if they keep him fit, they've got themselves a fight and chance. So an excellent win for Sunderland. As for Bournemouth... You know, they've been doing alright so far this season. They've been picking up wins. Might see this as a bit of embarrassment losing into the last uh well the lower the last place team in the Premier League. But, you know, it happens and I'm sure Eddie Howe's side will be back into it next next time we come back after the international break. So frustrating for uh, Bournemouth, but you know, it was go it was gonna happen eventually. Sunderland needed a win and and they got one, so Credit to credit, uh, credit where credit's due to us, uh, uh, Sunderland. As for the other end of the Premier League table, Liverpool are on fire. Top of the table now by a point after a 6 1 win over Watford. And oh my god, their team is amazing, isn't it? It really is. The trio of Coutinho, Mane, and Firmino are just sensational. But some of the football Liverpool are playing at the weekend, it just screams, it does scream. Champions, it's the football that champions need, and they've got goal scorers in their team, haven't they? I mean, like I say, Coutinho, Mane, and Firmino. Between them, they have sixteen goals and ten assists in the first eleven games of the season, and that's they account for over half of all the goals they've scored in the Premier League this season. And Liverpool are also the Premier League top goal scorers with thirty goals this season so far. That's mental. We're only eleven games in, and 
they're playing out of their skin and it it's it goes through the midfield to the strikers and the fence and goalkeeper. I mean, they are a little bit leaky at the back, and I've mentioned previously that I think they do need another strike, um, another defender. But the team is sensational going forward. It's unstoppable at times. All three of them are all unplayable, and it's absolutely mad. And uh, they need to keep the performance up like this. They've beaten some of the bigger teams already this season. They've beaten Arsenal first game of the season. They've beaten Chelsea first game or in this season already. And Klopp's side, really, have a really big realistic chance of winning the title. And there hasn't been this sort of buzz around Liverpool or this sort of realism since Suarez and Sturridge, the season where they came so close uh, to winning the title. So for Liverpool fans, this must be such a great, great feeling at the minute to watch their side tearing teams up and in recent years Liverpool would have lost to a team like Watford they would have struggled but like I say they're playing out their skin and they've really put a marker down as title favourites this season and it's quite a wide open league I'd say the top six so far any one of them could win the league and that's brilliant for the that's brilliant for the league it makes the league so competitive and you don't have that really anywhere else in Europe you know La Liga's maybe three teams with Atletico, Barca and Real Madrid German League, Bundesliga is dominated by Munich. PSG dominate Liga. Juventus dominate Calcio. It's you know Premier League is so fresh, and you just really never know what's going to happen. Another team that put a massive marker down for the title this season was Chelsea. Demolished Everton, five 0 winners. BBC commentator John Motson described the win as the best ever Premier League performance. I don't know how far you'd go to say that. But the football playing was absolutely sensational. Hazard and Pen- Hazard and Pedro standout performers. You know, Hazard was nowhere last season. He only turned up last game of the season. But this season, he's back to his best. Back to the season where he won PFA Player of the Year. Chelsea won the title, and when he's playing like he's playing, Chelsea look absolutely incredible. They look like they cannot be beaten. You know, Conte's got that team playing so so well, and. It looks like he's got a respect developed in the side that Mourinho lost when he was manager. You know, and the performances and the great performances run throughout the team. David Luiz looks like he can actually defend. You know, when he was at Chelsea before, he was always a bit of a live wire. You never knew what he was going to do. But he looks like a solid partnership at the back with Gary Cahill. And Marcus Alonso also looks like a quality signing. He got his first goal at the weekend as well. And for Chelsea... Going back to the football that they can play and tear teams apart like they did. You know, Hazard's goal, 22 passes. That's just brilliant football. That can't be touched. When a team does that to another team, it's always end up going to be a high goal scoring game. And I'm really impressed by the way uh, Chelsea are performing this season. You know, a few weeks ago it was mentioned when they were struggling a little bit that Conte was going to get sacked. That's That's mental. The football they played at the weekend was just unbelievable and they've established themselves as a clear title favourite now. And it's, you know, it's good to see Chelsea back to where they were once before, you know. They had a blip last season, but maybe not playing in European football this season, like Liverpool in fact, is helping them and aiding them in a title charge. And it's always going to benefit a team when they're playing less games, gives them more time to recover. So Liverpool and Chelsea look like real title contenders and yeah, we'll see what happens with that. And then we had the small matter of uh, at the weekend, moving on, of the North London derby. It was chance for either side to move away from the other on by a couple of points. Arsenal had the chance to go in top, and it was a quality game. I, I think, personally, it's the best game in the season so far. It was 
end-to-end. I'd say Arsenal edged it. They played some lovely football and probably deserved to be up uh, at half-time by two, maybe three goals. Walcott hit the post early on and uh, they ended up going ahead through a Vimmer own goal. I don't really know what he was doing. I, he, you know, there was players behind him, but I don't think he needed to head it where he ended up heading it, which was in the back of the net. And then uh, second half, Tottenham come back out. Dembele with one good run, brought down in the box. Definite penalty. I know a few Arsenal fans I've spoken to weren't 100% sure if it was a penalty, but it definitely was. He was definitely taken down. And uh, Kane sticks it back in the net. And you know it's good to see him came back in a in a Tottenham shirt and playing again. He's been injured for the last few weeks, but he brings back the spearhead of the attack that Spurs had last season when they came so close to winning the title. But I think for both managers, they would have felt they could have won it. Spurs' second half, especially towards the end of the second half when they hit the post, they were close to winning it. As, as previously mentioned, Arsenal first half dominated it. They could have won it. Standout performer, I think, for me, Granit Xhaka. He had a fantastic game. He's slowly starting to repay the massive price figure he had put on him. But no, he had a very good game. And I think what's pleased me about the draw, it shows how competitive the North London sides are now. I mean, years before, early noughties, even up until probably... 2010, I would have said Arsenal were always the better team, always finishing higher than Spurs. But the fiction now has so much more than that, so much more to play for. Both teams challenging for the title this season again, and it's good to it's refreshing to see both teams so competitive. And you, whereas before you could maybe predict an Arsenal win, you can no longer do that. And uh, at the weekend, it become the highest ever goal scoring um, fixture in Premier League history. So the two competitive North London sides. So much history between them, putting on another fantastic performance for the neutrals, not just the fans, but the neutrals as well. It's good to see the gap has closed. I still personally think Arsenal will finish above them this season. I feel like they've got a little bit more squad in depth when needed, and they've the players that they've got in wide positions, especially, can be switched and switched out. Sanchez, Ozil, I think they've just got a few more marquee names. Ericsson, for example, is good for Tottenham. I don't think he's quite the level that Arsenal got, so I expect Arsenal to finish above Spurs this season. But we've still got a long way to go for the rest of the season. You never know what's going to happen, really. So, yeah, that was the London derby. Excellent game, excellent watch. I think it's time to round up the rest of the weekend uh, Premier League action. I'm going to start with Burnley versus Palace. 3-2 Burnley, won it at the end. Uh, Ashley Barnes scoring the winner. They're really establishing themselves as a Premier League team. Seasons before they've come up, they've never actually, you know, put a marker down on the league. They got a couple of lucky wins. You know, I remember they beat United a few seasons ago. But you know, they look look like a Premier League team finally, and it's taken them it's taken them a while. But they've made turf more their fortress, and they've won some big games. They've beaten Liverpool already there this season, handing the Reds their only loss this season so far. They look like a team that's slowly putting the building blocks down like Stoke had to all the seasons ago when they got promoted of being a Premier League team I know a lot of other teams are struggling this season but I can't really see Burnley getting promoted I feel like they'll probably stay up this season they might need a few more signings in the January transfer window but they look better than they have done in previous seasons so positive for them as for Palace they're so inconsistent at the minute I never really know what they're doing they got some big name players in Benteke and Townsend but it seems like they win one, draw one. They need a bit more consistency because at the minute they're just a mid-table team and uh, Alan Partrew needs to find a bit of a balance and a bit of consistency in his team because they have the potential of maybe pushing top 10, maybe 
Europa League with some of the players they've got. So, yeah, disappointing loss for them, but Burnley in excellent form. Uh, then we move on to West Ham 1, Stoke City 1. Again, stability needed for both sides, especially Savin Bilic's team. Uh, after s- such a shocking start the season, can't really, and they haven't really made uh, the London Stadium their home yet this season. They took the lead, but it just, it's not Upton Park, is it? And I'm, I know you shouldn't really think that a stadium can affect a team's performance, but I think in, for West Ham, the legacy that uh, Upton Park or the bowling ground carried, it's a big loss for them, you know. The atmosphere isn't quite there yet at the London Stadium, and I don't think it will be there for a number of seasons. And they've got the players there to be a bigger team, but at, at the minute, it's not really working out for them. But they haven't lost there for a few games now, a bit of stability in the side. And hopefully West Ham can start pushing on and getting back to... Because they should be a Europa League team, there's no doubt. With the players they got, you know, Payet, even Winston Reid at the back is fantastic. Uh, Antonio on the wing. You know, they've got the players there, but they haven't got the performance and they're not gelling as well as they should be yet. But no, a good point for both sides, I feel. They both needed that. Another one all drawn now. Manchester City won, Middlesbrough won. A late Darun goal. Uh, equalising for Middlesbrough after Aguero put the put City ahead. I feel like it's 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 two it's three points lost for City. Really, they won't be happy with a point, especially after midweek beating Barcelona three one at home. And it, again, it just seems a lot of inconsistency in the Manchester City team, beating teams like Barcelona, arguably the best team in the world, and then drawing one all to Middlesbrough. Yes, Middlesbrough, they've come up and they're putting a good fight in in the Premier League so far this season. But they shouldn't be drawing to teams like that, and they're leaking goals too late on in games, or they did. They just need a bit more stability at the back. Maybe when companies back in the defence, you'll get that. But as at the minute, there's too much inconsistency in the Manchester City team. Aguero scoring again though, very much spearheading of that attack. Interesting statistic about Aguero: he's now scored against 28 of the 30 Premier League teams he's come up against. That's that's an amazing stat. He's been at City for a number of years now, and he he's gonna go down as probably Manchester City, one of Manchester City's best ever players, and he's invaluable to club. He's absolutely sensational, and he scores when you need him, and he puts in the performances to get the goals. And he you only have to watch him press the back line of every team to try and get the ball back to put the ball in the back of the net. It's it's admirable to watch. So, but for City, that's a disappointing one all draw, especially when Liverpool, Chelsea put in big performances at the weekend. No, they'll be disappointed with that going into the international break. And for a team that needed a much-needed win, Manchester United lost 2-1 on the week to Fenerbahce. It's a weird place at United at the minute. It doesn't seem all right, and it just seems a little bit all over the place. I mean, Marino's come out in recent days criticising Chris Smalling, who's injured, and Luke Shaw for their commitment and passion to the team. It's an odd place. They should be further up in the league. They should be challenged in the Premier League, but I wouldn't consider them a title favourite team at the minute. Ibrahimovic got his much-needed goal in uh, first goal in 609 minutes, and he also sk- scored the league's um, 25,000th goal, which is a massive fate that since the Premier League started back in the 90s. But they needed they needed the win. Um, Pogba scored as well, absolutely sensational goal. But they were beat the beating a side that I feel like could already be looking down the barrel of relegation. Swansea brought in Bob Bradley as manager. It's not really changed and there's just a lack of passion in that Swansea team. Which is a shame because for players like Sigerson, Gilfie Sigerson in the side, he should be a mid-table player, maybe even Europa League player himself. And 
sadly, it looks like the Swans are going to struggle for the rest of the season. It might be a trend for the rest of the season. So two more games to cover uh, this week. Leicester, the champions, losing at home for the first time in ages. Um, Tony Pudis' side are in good form. And it just feels like Leicester can't transfer their good Champions League form into league form. And they're struggling this season. Maybe the demand of the extra fixtures is catching up with them. But as for West Brom, they're in really good form. Tony Pulis has definitely got the marker down and he's got the side playing that he wants. And they've got some good players in their side. Chadley's been a good addition since signing from Spurs. And West Brom are looking like a team that are moving away from that relegation battle sort of end of this table and moving towards an established mid-table team. Tony Pulis's first win as a manager against a reigning champion, which goes to prove how much determination he's always had, and he's finally got he's got some good result out of it. Sadly for Leicester, Schmeichel got injured again in midweek, Castro Schmeichel. And the defence isn't like it was last year, you know, they're still putting bodies on the line, but I feel like Morgan and Hoof haven't got the same, I guess, chemistry as they did last year. But we all we all know that the Leicester title win last season was a fluke. So although it's going to be frustrating for Leicester fans to see a bit of a decline, it was always inevitable. But I don't think people are expecting this much. And our final Premier League game this uh, weekend was Hull versus Saints. Big win for Hull. Surprising Saints lost. They've been playing good football recently. You know, tiredness again from midweek after picking up the win against Inter Milan. Hull needed the win to steady the ship a little bit. I think the fans know they're going to be fighting a relegation battle. But Charlie Austin scored again. He's in he's in great form. One of the top goal scoring Englishmen in the Premier League, along with Defoe. You know, Saints Saints will be disappointed to lose that. But after the week they have and beating a top Italian side, you know, with the history Inter Milan have, Saints fans will forget about this loss quickly. I think. But speaking about Englishmen and uh, Austin and Defoe. I want to move on to have a chat as we go into the international break about England. Well, what I'm frustrated. Austin and Defoe should be in the England squad. Defoe has six goals this season in the Premier League. Austin has five compared to Jamie Vardy's two. I feel like with the team uh, Gareth Southgate's picked for these uh, upcoming matches against Scotland and Spain, I do feel like he's left out a few informed players where, especially the Spain game, there was a chance to experiment. He picked Jack Wilshire and Harry Kane again. Wilshire's got his fitness back up against Bournemouth. Oh, for Bournemouth, sorry. Um, very much needed. He needed that. He's played a couple of 90-minute matches, which he hadn't done in for a couple of seasons. Harry Kane back up to fitness. He started for Tottenham at the weekend. So, obviously, he was going to be put back in the England side. But I feel like Southgate should use his last two games, or potentially last two games as England boss, for a bit of experiment. And I mean... It is a real testament to the Premier League that there are 14 different Premier League teams represented in this squad. You've got Burnley, um, Sunderland with Jordan Pickford being um, called up. West Ham, Aaron Cresswell was added to the um, squad. You know, we've got one Calciero player in um, Torino's Joe Hart as well. So it's good to see there's such a different representation of teams in the Premier League. And it shows how... how I, competitive the Premier League is really so you know it's good it's, it's really good to see and it shows that the talent is there it just needs to be put in on international level and it's frustrating because the past few tournaments have been dreadful for England losing to Iceland in the last Euros going out in the group stages at the last World Cup you know it, we're, we're a team that should be really pushing especially in the Euros semi-finals and maybe quarter-finals for the World Cup the players are there we still have the players on their day for their clubs in the Premier League, they are absolutely sensational. But there's a lack of passion, really, for being an England player. And I feel like 
the people that have been called up, like Tom Heaton and Michael Keane from Burnley, and the players from, the, say, lesser clubs in the Premier League, if we play them in Spain, in, oh, against Spain in the friendly, it'll give them a chance, a bit of experimenting, and maybe show a bit of passion against some of the best players in the world. And we need that in the England squad. We haven't had it for a number of years now, and I think it is very much needed in establishing England as a main uh, player in the international scene again. Hopefully, the next manager that comes in, whether Gareth Southgate stays, we don't know yet, whether the next manager can come in and just get that out of the players again. We need someone, you know, Big Sam, although for all his wrongdoings, might have been that man who pushed over the competitive and the passionate side of playing for your country again. Whereas in previous managers, like Roy Hodgson, there was not the passion there needed to be an England player. So, but... You know, upcoming first, we've got the massive match against Scotland in the World Cup qualifier. It's more about national pride at stake more than the points. I hope we beat them, and I think we will beat them. But the Scots are going to come at us, and they're going to play. They're going to play a physical game, and you know that passion I was talking about a minute ago needs to come through in the game on Friday because a, even a draw against Scotland, I don't think, will be exactly welcomed by the England fans. So. I know everyone criticises the international break, but I'm looking forward to this one because we've got two big games, one against world-class opposition and the other one for a national pride at stake. So looking forward to the upcoming fixtures and the international break, but obviously we'll look forward to the uh, league football when it comes back uh, after these two upcoming games. So I'll wrap this up for this week. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to Johnny Walker. He's provided me with some new artwork for the podcast. Um He's a media student at university, uh, like myself at university. So big thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I'll make sure this keeps going back to the regular format like it was before. I know this is on a Tuesday, not a Monday, but you know I was a bit busy last night. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, please give me some feedback if you want. Um, give it a like, share it around, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. I'm out. <laughs>